This week on the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast, I interview Gary Freeland, the creator of Ringside Chat Facebook group. But before that, we talk about Punk, Survivor Series predictions, and The Fiend's MO not being so obvious to some. Oh, and in our Hot and Cold segment, find out which spot on AEW Dynamite made me want to destroy my TV. It's clobbering time on the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. We are the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by Media Junkies. You can catch up on all 26 of our previous episodes in our archives. You can catch Michael and I on the Media Junkie flagship podcast, Fanboy Fight Club. Just search and subscribe. If you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and comment on how you like the show. We have some hot gimmicks to talk about, then we're going to talk about then we're going to get into my interview segment i did with gary freeland who's a creator of the facebook group ringside chat then we're going to have some fun in the hot cold segment and then usually we would be finished off with a history lesson from kevin but he's not able to be on the show today so maybe i'll throw something in there towards the end but uh so we're gonna have some fun um this is the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. Like I said, no Kevin tonight, but I do have my favorite snark, Michael. How you doing? I'm great. I just want to know how do I get into the uh, the wrestling group? The wrestling group? Did I say group yeah. instead of group? You said group uh, instead of group, and I want to know like what is it that you do? And this is this like wrestling, but like when you suplex each other, uh, you grab your, each other's titties or something, <laughs> or like how does this work? Okay, so the wrestling group ringside chat is a group on facebook that you can talk about wrestling and post memes and stories and things like that and you can learn all about that during the interview with gary that's going to be coming up here in a little bit so uh, doesn't sound really as fun now does that clear it up sorry uh, unfortunately <laughs> i'm very disappointed now <laughs> all right so let's get into the hot gimmick segment so we're going to talk about a couple of different things that are going on in the wrestling news world and i know you're eager to talk about this because you come in your pants every single time his name is mentioned but Michael, uh, what did you think about CM Punk's first appearance on backstage? Oh, uh, it was fantastic. I mean, from everything from like the, the hilarious shit with David Arquette with the uh, the promo school segment, um, yeah. his promo he cut at the end where he accidentally says Seth's name. Do um, you think it was an accident though? Oh, not at all. Hundred yeah, percent was on purpose. It was definitely not. An accident. Um, yeah, it, it was hundred percent like just him dicking around. Um, I don't take anything from it. Like, I don't think it's like a, Oh, will they won't lay. I think it's more just like him just being his asshole self. Right. Um, I enjoyed like the interview. Um, I liked when he, uh, <laughs> he turns the page. He's like, he basically was like, yeah, it's awful. Isn't it Paige? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when he asked Renee who is who her favorite Shield member was, was oh yeah, that was great. He's like, yeah, all those Shield guys. Which one's your favorite again? <laughs> uh, did you um, did you think though during the interview segment that Renee kind of beat around the bush a little bit? A little bit. I do feel like um, she's probably got some restrictions on her because she's technically employed by WWE, not uh, Fox, like Punk is. So. Like she has to be more careful because it could affect her job status. Where Punk can say whatever the fuck he wants, and if WWE doesn't like it, Fox is just going to be like, "Well, we'll take our money back." Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Well, all right. Um, anything else from that show kind of stand out a little bit for you? Um, nothing like in particular. I enjoyed it all. Like, I, that's sorry, the first wrestling thing that wasn't like a pay per view that I've watched from like start to finish in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. I mean, I was definitely anticipating it, and I, I, I wanted to give it a try. I would, I will say that the, uh, the, the promo school segment maybe went a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, needed to in, in a couple of different ways. I thought David Arquette he started out okay, but then kind of died out. Oh yeah, and even the same thing. He, he just kind of went like it went into a love fest. That yeah, it was went from like I'm talking about making your wife scream to I love you, man. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what, the fuck? what the fuck? Booker <laughs> T's like this man hasn't done anything that hasn't been straight to DVD in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. So the the other thing I want to talk about a little bit was uh, something I kind of noticed in social media the other day, and that is the um, you know the fiends kind of like mo like his motivations, and I I think what people are kind of failing to realize is that like are are you kind of clear on what what his purpose is? Uh, I took yeah, it as it was basically just him uh, lashing out against people who wronged Bray Wyatt. Okay, right. Wrong Bray Wyatt in the past. So, like, Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. to tie back to when he infiltrated the Wyatt family and basically turned on Bray. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then I, and the reason why I say that is just because some people are just uh, questioning it, like, through social media and stuff like that. One person in particular on Twitter was talking about how the rumor is that, um, that, you know, eventually the fiend will end up working with Roman Reigns. And then they're like, oh, of course he's going to face Roman and blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, that makes why total he, sense. That's why he attacked Seth was because of the shield. Right. And then the, like, remember the anybody, but you Roman, mm-hmm. anybody, but you like that whole feud that they had. So yeah, eventually he is going to go after Roman. That doesn't mean Roman's going to be the one to, to beat him or to, to, to slay the fiend, but eventually that's going to happen. And it wouldn't, and like some, I think they're complaining because uh, it's a rumored uh, WrestleMania match. Honestly, I would look forward to that at WrestleMania because the story would make perfect sense. The story would make perfect sense, but the match will be awful because it will literally just turn into Roman Reigns, Superman punching the Fiend 500 times trying to get him to stay down. <laughs> Uh, it, it would really be like one of those, like back on like <laughs> SmackDown. Here comes the pain when you could just give yourself infinite finishers. That's how that match would feel. <laughs> <laughs> Throw back to SmackDown. Here comes the pain. I like it. <laughs> there have been some really good wrestling video games over. Yeah, and there have been some real awful ones the past several years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Especially the one that's currently out. Oh my God, uh, Alexa Bliss retweeted one tonight uh, where. It was she that someone put her in a match and like during the entrances, like she had already come out. She was standing on the barricade as the other people came out to the ring, <laughs> just just <laughs> casually standing on it, not like glitched out through it, not, you know, floating above it, just standing on it. Wow. All right. Sweet. Yeah, dude, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, I, I come up with a bunch of them. I, I need to go through and post them. I know I said that last week when we kind of brought it up, but. I need to go through and post them and and uh, and get them on there, but um, yeah. So there was that, and then uh, the last thing I want to go over, I thought it would be fun. It'd be probably more fun if there were three of us, but I think you and I could could do it justice. Uh, I was gonna get into some Survivor Series predictions. What do you think? 
Um, yeah, I'm down. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, interesting because I really only know a handful of the matches. I'll, I mean, I'll, I might know all the cards are telling how we, with everything that's going on. I have to assume that I know them all, but I'm not sure. That's all right. I got the card here in front of me, so I'll go through them. So the, the first one that pops up is the there's going to be an NXT championship match. Now, uh, as we're recording, this takeover is going on right now. So uh, we definitely want to try and rush through this so we can watch takeover. Um, I'll try and get you that login, see if it works for you. But um, Fingers crossed. Yeah. So uh, but uh, at uh, at Survivor Series, Adam Cole is going to defend his NXT championship. And it's going to be against either Pete Dunne, Damian Priest or Killian Dane. Whoever ends up winning the match at TakeOver, it could have be over already. I don't know. But I, I guess fantasy booking-wise for me, I would love to see Pete Dunne win this match and go on to face Adam Cole. I It would make sense to me for Pete Dunne to win because Adam Cole has been on a ridiculously hot streak and he doesn't necessarily need it right now. I think actually this would be a good time for Adam Cole to get rid of the NXT Championship. But at the same time, man, the bragging rights of him completing this week and still walking out as champion would be pretty huge. But I'd love to see Pete Dunn take take the chance and then take the title as well. What, what about you? Um, I'm similar. I, I definitely, out of the options, I would love to see it be Pete Dunn. Uh, I feel like their match would be absolutely fantastic. However, I don't see him losing the title the first time around. I feel like this is going to be kind of like a Gargano Tommaso like situation where they use this as like the stepping stone and it builds off into multiple matches for like the next couple tape overs uh, leading up to like maybe Royal Rumble time and then maybe have him lose it. And then depending on how they decide to do this new like version of the brand split where NXT is like its own thing that isn't considered the, the little leagues anymore. Um, maybe they split up the Royal Rumble into 10, 10, 10 and Adam Cole enters it and, then he can decide if he wants to stay on NXT or if he wants to go after one of the other titles. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, I, I think we both are in agreement. So like Pete Dunn is somebody that needs to be in that spotlight. I mean, that guy, yeah. he's, like, he's undeniable. Yeah. He, he always has great matches and I just feel like Killian Dane, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, and I'm not gonna lie. I never heard of the other guy. So <laughs> Uh, Damian Priest is a big guy. He's he's been a part of some of the takeovers that they've done recently. Uh, he's um, I think he he has some star potential, but I think this is this is more Pete Dunne's moment. And I is I don't that, mind. Is he a giant game. motherfucker who tried to face off of Braun Strowman? No, that week? was Keith. That okay. was Keith Lee, the black guy. Okay, so, yeah, I didn't know. I, yeah, all of a sudden, I see this giant black man just staring down uh, Braun Strowman. <laughs> I'm like, Braun, he's gonna no, eat okay. you. He is Dude, twice your no, size. You, you you need you need to get, you need to get back on the network and start watching some NXT and see Keith Lee because that guy is one of the one of the bright spots that have been on NXT. Like he's been amazing so far. So they they've done a great job of building him over the last few weeks. He's in that Takeover War Games match with uh, he's on um, Champa's team for. for oh, that's games. unfortunate. So, yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, this dude, like, he'll do the over-the-top rope planches onto people. Like, he does, a, he does like, this springboard moonsault where he'll be, like, standing on the top rope and he'll, or on the middle rope, and he'll jump and spin onto the top rope and do a moonsault. I mean, for a guy his size, his athletic ability is unmatched. Yeah. Like, he's he's in, insane. So, yeah. That, he, all, I'm, all I'm imagining, though, is this to be a throwback to an earlier episode when we watched that video of the fat man who tried to jump through the ropes and killed that man on the table. 
<laughs> like that's all I imagine is this big motherfucker just coming down squashing somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he <laughs> he's not that bad though. I mean, well, he's, he's not like muscular, yeah, he's not like eight hundred yeah, pounds not, like that, that. That I mean, that guy like, was sumo wrestler like motherfucker a, who killed yeah, that like, man. But <laughs> like, he's definitely a big dude that I would not want to see flying with gravity on his side towards me. Uh, I mean, it's it's it it looks. It's the sight. It really is. I mean, he he's like I said. You got you got to kind of see it to believe it, though. Um, and then like I we'll get. I was gonna talk. Well, I'll talk about it on Raw. I'll get to that when we talk about Raw. But we can we can move on. So speaking of Raw, we got the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Viking Raiders, going up against the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the New Day, and they're going to be facing off against the NXT Tag Team Champions, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, part of the Undisputed Era. Who do you got in this one? Oh man, this is this one's rough. Um, I, I know for sure it's not New Day. Um, okay. they've, they've spent too much time shitting on Kofi's face since uh, giving the title back to to Brock. So it's definitely not going to be the New Day. Uh, my guess, I think it's a long shot, but I'm going to go with the Undisputed Era on this one, just because usually when like you like, there's no way they can do it that's when they 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 fucking pull it out and and they just do something that like surprises you and then come out with the victory i i agree with you and i i think wwe big focus on trying to push the viking raiders too so i wouldn't surprise that wouldn't surprise me Mm -hmm. um but new day has this way of being that team that wins when you think they're gonna lose though too and that's that's the the weird thing but i could almost even see there being some kind of shenanigans in the match though, where either the revival gets involved or maybe the Usos return and get involved or something like that. But um, it's very possible. Yeah. But I, I, th- yeah, I think I, you're probably right with undisputed air though. Yeah. Like out of the three teams, realistically, the one that WWE seems to not care about like damaging by like having them put someone else over is the new day. Yeah. Like the new day, the fans are going to love them regardless. And ultimately, they they've already basically said, oh yeah, Kofi's not getting a rematch after losing his title, um, <laughs> and he got demoted to tag team champion. So I just don't see them showing them the love and having them be yeah. one of the members of Team Blue to pull it out. You know, and, and, and based on something be... happened, based on something that happened at Raw too, I can almost even see like AOP coming through and and ruining this match as well. Like I I feel like this yeah. match may may end up without a winner for some reason. I don't know why. I have a feeling it'll probably have a winner just because, I mean, if they go by normal triple threat rules, there's no disqualification. Right. So, theoretically, if someone gets involved, it just benefits whoever else, whoever isn't getting attacked at that point. And I could see something, especially like you mentioned with the Usos, the Usos returning, maybe attacking the New Day, and then that gives Undisputed Era a chance to maybe pin Kofi or Big E while the Viking Raiders are, are down outside the ring or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can see that. All right, so the next match on the list is the uh, the Strong Style match. So you got the King of Strong Style, Shinsuke Nakamura, with his brand-new Intercontinental Championship belt. I don't know if you got a chance to see any pictures of that uh, yet. I did. Yeah, you're not a fan? Oh, God, it's so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad, honestly. Oh like, man, it's, it it's like the worse. cruiserweight title took a shit on the Intercontinental title. Oh uh, yeah, I, I didn't even know, but 
But he's going up against the U.S. champion, who that title honestly could use a facelift, uh, AJ Styles. And then you got Roderick Strong, the North American Championship uh, champion, <laughs> being represented by NXT. So I think this one could go a few different ways. I like Shinsuke in it personally, though. I I strongly feel Shinsuke just because of the fact that they just gave him this ugly new title. So <laughs> that kind of gives it like a oh we're not going to have him get the new title and then lose. Um, but here's the caveat: I think if he wins, it's because he brings back the Pinchasa. <laughs> all right, all right. I think yeah, I might see, have something to do I with see, helping him win too. I, I see AJ's uh, testicles taking a beating tomorrow night. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. I mean, I feel like we're past that, but yeah. oh no, that that entire rivalry was just gold. And that final match went, that they had, where like there was even a point where they kicked each other in the nuts. It was oh, it was fantastic yeah. from start to finish. The only the only <laughs> bad part of that entire rivalry was just the fact that like it started off with a shitty WrestleMania match. Yeah, and that match definitely could have been better. Yeah, that match was just a fucking nightmare of awful and disappointing. And then it leads to just a hilarious rivalry that I will always remember. <laughs> All right. So this one is this one was kind of booked and set up pretty interestingly. This is going to be the uh, the women's championship match. So you got Becky Lynch representing Raw. You got Bailey representing SmackDown versus Shayna Baszler, who's representing NXT. So that being said, who do you think you got in this one? Uh, as much as it pains me to say it, um, I think out of the uh, the twins in the match, it's gonna be Bailey. I, I think out of anyone twins in the match, I'm sorry, her and Shayna Baszler. Like, <laughs> it's literally just like you've got the dopey one and like the like crazy athletic one. Dude, it's it's just it's it's a thing. Bailey's way better um, looking than Shayna Baszler. I'm sorry. I'm I'm aware of this, but at the <laughs> end of the day, with the eyeliner and the shape of their faces and the haircut, like I'm sorry, uh, they, yeah. they they look like they give you sisters. But uh, anyway, um, Bailey at this point with her just fresh out of the heel turn, I feel like they they definitely need to put her over in the situation because no, it's not going to do anything to Shayna. Like let's be honest, she's been the women's champion for how long she's not really got a whole lot of losses on her record so it's not going to affect her and 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 becky like the fans are on the on the fucking man train and until the day she dies so out of anyone in this match bailey's the one who needs that win and i have a feeling that she's gonna be the one to get it as jim ross said maybe one day seth rollins will be as over as his girlfriend (laughs) exactly hashtag seth rollins is cool No, I, I agree with you. I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be Bailey too. It wouldn't surprise me if they put Shayna over just to kind of introduce her to that audience because I see her being on SmackDown and Raw before long. So kind of making her that, uh, making her that, uh, kind of giving her that that kind of push up to up a little bit. I think might might be a possibility, I but her... I think Bailey makes more sense. The only way I see her going to SmackDown Raw is if it's like a, a Royal Rumble situation where she gets to choose which pa- champion she wants to go after. Because it seems like they're really trying to push that NXT isn't the isn't the the kids table anymore. That they're trying to push it as that third main roster. And yeah, I, despite the fact that yeah, it is you. where they bring people in, but it seems like they're doing less and less to be like, there's no more bringing someone up to the main roster. 
No, I, I agree with you, but you know, they, they're going to have times where they shake up the rosters. They're going to have times oh, yeah. where they do drafts and things like that. I'm not saying it's going to be right away, but by 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 WrestleMania or like after WrestleMania, I can see I can see Shayna not being a part of NXT. And it could happen sooner than that. Oh it yeah, could happen I could see it maybe by like. But that, that goes back to like the whole my idea of like Royal Rumble, have her choose what mm-hmm. champion she faces situation, um, for yeah, sure. Definitely. But yeah, I just don't see it being like because they just did the the superstar shakeup draft bullshit, so I don't see them doing it again until at least next summer. Yeah, and I, I could see them, you know, especially if if there there's a possibility of Ronda Rousey coming back soon, you know, you you could always have you could always have Shayna and her her two little sidekicks come up and end up doing something with Ronda, which which would be interesting. But I don't know, we'll yeah. see we'll see what happens down the road. So then uh, the other women's match on the card is going to be the women's Survivor Series match, which th- this is all this is confusing as hell how they're doing this, right? So these matches are basically triple threat Survivor Series style matches. So how the fans at ringside are going to be able to see anything, I really don't know. So right, it's going to be like a, a <laughs> on each uh, three of the four sides of the ring going to be covered with people. Right. So on the on the raw side of things, you're gonna have Charlotte Flair, Natalia, the Kabuki Warriors, and Sarah Logan. They dusted off Sarah Logan and threw her into this match. On the SmackDown side of things, you have Sasha Banks, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, Dana Brooke, and Carmella. And then the NXT team is says TBD on the site that I'm on, but if I I know Rhea Ripley is the team captain, I know Tegan Knox is also gonna be on the team. I believe that uh, oh, Candice LeRae, I was about to say Johnny's wife, but Candice LeRae <laughs> is going to be on the team. Uh, I don't know if it, I don't know if Dakota Kai was going to be on there or not. I'm trying to think. I, I can't remember the other two girls, so forgive me there. But um, I, I'm just, I, yeah, I don't know how this shit's going to work. Like you're going to just see elimination after elimination after elimination, which might be exciting. But yeah. I, I mean, I think I honestly, I think Team SmackDown will, will take this one just because I think Sasha Banks could use that rub of having being the team captain of the team that wins. Uh, I don't know, because I feel like at the same time, they have kind of already like gotten over Sasha. Like she came back. They had like a moment with her and Becky and then instantly it went into, oh, Bailey's a bad guy now. And like yeah. they haven't really seemed to to give a shit about her since then and that's that's kind um, of my point like that now i th- that i think this would be a good way for her to kind of step into her, her own spotlight now because she's been kind of in bailey's shadow well i think she was nursing a bit of an injury coming off of the hell in the cell match so she <laughs> hasn't really been doing anything uh with my prediction being bailey is the the women's championship match uh winner i i can't say smackdown winning the the women's uh survivor series match as well um, you do realize that last year at Survivor Series, Raw literally won every single match. So I'm aware, but it's all scripted, so it doesn't really matter anyway. There's not really any rhyme or reason to it. Um, but I'm just getting more at like because this year it seems like they're at least trying to be interesting and not piss off the fans as yeah. much as they usually do. And I feel like they're going to try to spread it out more because otherwise, if we want to get into real, like, how shitty WWE is, then NXT won't win a single match 
tomorrow. Um, but personally, right. I think in this scenario, it will probably be the, I want to say the raw team just because of the fact that like, if you go by the old rules of who got the upper hand before the pay-per-view usually is the one to lose. I mean, in that triple threat, she did pin Charlotte while she was doing the figure eight. To... Yeah, that was actually, that was super creative. Oh yeah, that was great. That would have been great as a finish to the actual match at Survivor Series, not as a SmackDown fucking match. Like, yeah, like you get. I Sasha feel like that was a wasted opportunity. As, yeah, yeah. You have Sasha tapping out as Rhea comes in for the for the pin. Yeah, I thought that mm-hmm. was I thought that was super creative. So, so then the men's Survivor Series match is going to be the same thing. So you're going to have, you know, uh, three more teams on there. You got Seth, KO. Randy Orton, Ricochet, which they have a weird thing going on right now, and Drew McIntyre, and then SmackDown, you got Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, Mustafa Ali, who got his first name back. Congratulations, Mustafa! You finally got it. <laughs> I just, just, I just thought back pitching to, on Twitter. I just thought back to that tweet when it was him versus Andrade, and he he tweeted out, "Winner gets their first name back." I thought that right. Was, Funniest damn thing, and then everybody's favorite love to hate Shorty G. Oh, which dude? Okay, and in, in, uh, speaking of Shorty G, just to throw this out there uh, real quick, when he made his entrance on SmackDown, I think Michael Cole or Corey Graves, one of the two, because they're the only two commentators on the show, mentioned that he and his wife just welcomed their third child. Chad Gable looks like he's like twenty-one. I was How did twelve? But yeah, three fucking kids. <laughs> Uh, he he gets real busy at night, I guess. Yeah, apparently. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had a lot of time me. when he was a part of uh, team uh, greatest team on earth part two uh, when they were sidelined. American Alpha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> greatest team on earth too. I I'll tell you what. I will take American American Alpha against like the greatest tag team any day of the week they american alpha in their oh, heyday in nxt know. was like, amazing I, I i like chad gable and not shorty g, g chad gable <laughs> um but i hate jordan like oh but he's they, such but a dude, fucking and, and their, their matches in nxt were so good though yeah well um, shelton benjamin's fucking great too and i know and shelton benjamin is great but anyway all right all right we're gonna sidetrack now, then they're going up against ten, Team NXT, and I have to tell you, I, I'm not 100% sure on Team NXT. I, I think that Keith Lee is a part of it. I am pretty sure that Dominic Dijakovic is on the team as well. Uh, possibly some of the Undisputed Era members. I'm just going based off of the people that show, have shown up. Uh, maybe Pete Dunn. Oh, no, Pete Dunn. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. But like whoever doesn't win that match with like Damian Priest and Pete Dunne, one of them might be on the team. I'm not 100% sure. But I feel like I th- I think in either the women's or the men's, one of those two, it's going to be Team NXT. I don't know which one, but I think one of them will be. Uh, I feel like the women's probably has a better chance than the men's just because so far all the people you mentioned, I have no clue who any of the fuck of them are. <laughs> so I feel like that's not a good sign for the average viewer to be like, oh, yeah, I know but that guy who just beat Seth Rollins or beat whoever. Like, But if, you, if you've been watching these past couple of weeks, you know who these 
because they've been pretty featured. So that just goes to show that you're. you're I mean, people just showing up on on Raw and SmackDown with each other's ass doesn't mean I know their names. Well, they call their names in the commentary. Yeah, listen to Michael Cole. All right. Baby. Um, (laughs) All right, moving on. Um, We'll go into the uh, the championship matches. Which one do you want to do first? Do the Universal or the WWE? Um, let's go Universal first. Right, or no, so no, no, no. Let's go WWE first. Let's go WWE first. All right. So WWE, we got the uh, the the classic David versus Goliath matchup, a no holds barred, no disqualification match featuring Ray Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar. <laughs> you like that? First off, I just want to know who you were trying to be when you were saying Mysterio's name. <laughs> um, I wasn't trying to be anybody. I was just saying it funky. And, and second off, when did uh, Paul Heyman like turn into Vince McMahon there at the end? <laughs> I was going for more of a Vince voice, but anyway. Oh, it definitely went that way. Here comes here comes the pain versus the 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 little guy. So versus yeah, the I'll, little guy. I'll be honest with you though, I like Ray in this. Oh, I 100 percent think Ray's winning. Like, especially now it's a no disqualification match. Like, mm-hmm. come on now, that instantly means one of two things: either A. He's going to use weapons to get the advantage and take out Brock's legs. Or B, uh, what's-his-nuts who gave Brock that scar comes out and whoops his ass and helps Ray win. Kane Velasquez. Yeah, that asshole. Yeah, yeah, that guy. I also think Dominic might make an appearance in this match, too. One way or That's the other. possible, too. He'll come out now and I get can, F5 again. I can also see, if Dominic gets involved, I can also see him costing Ray the match, though, too. I mean, that would definitely be interesting, but at the same time, I feel like having his... First, like wrestling in WWE, be against his dad as him as the villain. Like, I feel like that'd be real weird. He's going after the mask. He he wants to be Rey Mysterio, so he's gonna he's gonna try to take the mask from his dad and retire his dad. But he's stupid. He's stupid. His name's not Rey. It's Dominic. <laughs> right, but Rey Mysterio got the name from his uncle. So it's like a family tradition to pass down the mask, and the who then they become Rey Mysterio. Wait, Rey Mysterio's real name isn't Rey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Been lied to for, for 30 years. <laughs> Keeping kayfabe alive here on the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, moving on then. So the final match then in our book is going to be the Universal Championship match, and that is going to feature the challenger, Daniel Bryan, going up against the champion, the Fiend, Bray Wyatt. I mean, I don't see any way the Fiend... Yeah, there's no way in hell Bry is the one to suddenly beat the Fiend after the fact that Seth could only win by referee stoppage, which was basically a DQ. Um... Yeah, there's there's well, no he didn't even way win. they hmm? just threw the match. They, he didn't win. They threw the match out. Yeah, I mean, technically, the fiend won that match because the ref DQ'd him. Just right. saying, I mean, if it, ref if told him don't DQ, do that, and he did it. And the ref rang the bell. That's DQ. That's not stoppage. Right. Anyway, but Suck regardless of the fact, I don't see I I don't see Daniel Bryan match either. I mean, I think eventually, no. like I I think honestly, I think this might lead to Daniel taking maybe a little bit of time off to kind of rest his body up, spend some time with uh, mm-hmm. with with uh, Bree and Birdie, and just kind of take a little time away, and then come back a little bit fresher. 
But uh, I, can I do, see that, yeah. I do like how they kind of teased the the yes thing. And then did you did you see that ending or the ending of that match that he had with Miz on SmackDown? Yeah, where like uh, the lights went out and then Miz was gone and the Fiend was just chilling in the corner. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. He was starting to kind of get the yes thing going, but then the lights went out right as he was doing it. Like that was that was well done. I like that. Um, you know, there has been some good stuff going on in the shows, and we'll talk a little bit about that more in the uh, the hot and cold segment. But before we get to that. Uh, I just wanted to, I had a chance to to chat with a guy named Gary Freeland. He created a Facebook group called Ringside Chat. Uh, he was able to share some unique takes on the business and a little bit about what his group does and some of the different things that he's done and uh, different ways he's used his voice and um, uh, who, like also who this group includes. Uh, there's actually some people in this group that I didn't even know. Uh, actually, there's some wrestlers that are in there, some names you'll recognize, some names you won't. I thought that was kind of cool. So I hope you enjoy the chat that I had with Gary. So please go ahead and take a listen. And then uh, Mike and I will be back with you after. This is the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast interview. This is a platform for wrestling fans that are using their voice to further the efforts and grow the community. Tonight, I have a man with me who set up a Facebook group a Facebook group called Ringside Chat that's grown to over 650 members. Gary Freeland. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Not bad at all. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. So I'm going to start off question one the same way I started off with everybody, and that's uh, what what made you a wrestling fan? Uh, probably my dad. He was uh, big into WWF at the time in the uh, mid to late 80s. I was, I was a very little kid. I have pictures from being at a show with Hulk Hogan and Paul Warndorf in the Civic Arena when I was like three. So, I mean, he pretty much uh, introduced me at a young age. I remember watching NWA and uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling with him. We were kind of in an area where we could get, you know, WWF and some of those uh, more southern territories. So, I was kind of in a sweet spot with that. And, um, yeah. yeah, he really kind of introduced me to wrestling. And I kind of just kind of stuck. I, don't, I can't really say what really resonated with me with it at that age but yeah that i uh, i can't remember a time where i wasn't you know a fan of wrestling all right well good a very very similar experience as myself and it seems to be the kind of common thread that it's like it, it starts with the dad and then kind of grows from there so uh w- once things started to resonate with you what, what were some of your favorite memories probably uh the old wcw saturday night shows are probably some of my earliest memories uh, in particular, like that early 90s uh, run with Austin and Pillman, uh, the Hollywood Blondes. I really enjoyed the, uh, that period of time. I was really big into Cactus Jack at the time. I thought that whole flip off the apron to the floor, all that crazy stuff that he would do, was really just kind of out there and really uh, attracted my interest. Those were really the, you know, the biggest memories that I have uh, from an early age. All right. That's great, man. All right, so what's something that's happened over the years that's kind of made you question your fandom, or has there been anything that's that's kind of made you question or want to take you away? Um, mostly like the outside stuff, like some of the you know, like the most recently some of the, like the business dealings in Saudi Arabia and stuff. That that stuff is hard for me to stomach as I have gotten older and uh, kind of realized the you know the impact that that can have. And I, I kind of understand the motivations on both sides. There's arguments on both sides that they're trying to, you know, make positive social change with that. Um, 
but there's also you know a large amount of money that kind of gets exchanged in regards to doing that so it, that's something hard for me to stomach and just some of um the, I, I think the internet really in a lot of ways has probably soured me on wrestling in some regards just the you know the rumors that you hear and the stories that you hear of, uh, the, the breaking of kayfabe i guess for a lack of a better way to put it right where you hear some of the you know their people were presented a certain way on television and then you get you know a taste of how they actually are or potentially how they actually are that kind of you know can pull you out of it sometimes no, I totally agree, and I, I, we've we've talked about it on our show a lot. Where I feel like the the kayfabe, they kind of like it, it, as hard as it is these days. Like there has to be some level there just to kind of help suspend that disbelief a little bit, right? Absolutely, I, I think without that, it's you kind of lose what wrestling, what makes wrestling special. You have to have you know good guys and bad guys, and and be able to have a story that you can you know buy into and believe in. And if you can't do that, you're really kind of missing the uh, entire point of it. Yeah, I totally agree. So with everything there is to watch out there, what what's been your what's been your favorite of all the shows like recently? I would say in the last several years, uh, what's really kept me involved with uh wrestling in general and wrestling fandom has been uh indie shows have been really big into indie shows black label pro is a great one uh international wrestling cartel is a great one locally in pittsburgh where i live um as far as bigger promotions new japan really kind of opened my eyes to uh that strong style of work which i had kind of gotten away from that was another thing that i kind of enjoyed in the early 90s uh when wcw would do a lot of their crossover with New Japan, with uh, Chono and Muda, um, mm. that was always, you know, a, a part of wrestling that I enjoyed. And and then recently with AEW starting up, that's I'm a I'm a big fan of what they're trying to accomplish. I don't always agree with everything that you know goes on on the shows or anything like that. <laughs> they're far from perfect, um, right. but I, I do think what they're trying to do as far as providing an alternative, I think, is great for the wrestling business in general. Yeah, without a doubt, that, that's that's been one bright side that's really come out of AEW is that the competition I think has been good for all fans, and even though some don't want to see it that way, it, I think it's it's brought out the best in both companies. Uh, absolutely, um, and, and giving NXT the ability to have you know national exposure on USA because I don't think that happens without AEW kind of getting that TNT deal. Um, there's so much excellent talent in NXT. And that's really at this point the only WWE produced product that I really you know go out and seek. Um, uh, that that Wednesday is you know a great night for wrestling. Now it's uh, it is the night for wrestling for me at least, and it's it's yeah. great to see you know guys like Adam Cole and Matt Riddle get you know some shine. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about Ringside Chat. So what what led you to creating that group? <sighs> Honestly, uh, it's Facebook and, and you know I've, I've and wrestling chat groups in general, even before social media with um, message boards and things like that. I mean, they always seem to go well for you know a little while, and then toxicity would you know kind of take over, and they would shut down, and there'd always be these interpersonal feuds within between group members and stuff like that. And I just kind of got sick of dealing with. A lot of that, and I figured, well, Facebook has this option where you can create your own groups, and I, if I make my own group, I can kind of, you know, prune uh, who in 
who's going to be in the group and try to, you know, lead a different direction in regards to, you know, communicating, having healthy discussion about things that, that people may disagree with and do it in a way that it's not, uh, doesn't resort to like name calling and just trash talking and just general toxicity, which, you know, plagues the internet and the wrestling community. Yeah, definitely, man. That's great. So how long ago did you create it? I think it's, it's, it'll be four years in March, I believe. Is, okay. uh, yeah, so it's yeah, just about four years. Did you ever think that it would grow as large as it has so far, or did you anticipate it maybe being a little bit larger? No, um, and, and honestly, I, I try to not. I don't. I don't want it to get so big that it's unmanageable and untenable. Yeah. Um, I, I see that with a lot of other you know Facebook groups that are much larger. Uh, my concern is you know the members that are there are happy, they're active, and that the, you know, discourse is, is healthy. So that's, we've tried a lot of different things over the years. We've done podcasts, we've done websites, we've done contests, we've done a lot of different things to just keep people active and engaged. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of the idea. And if it, it didn't grow to the, I mean, it's great that it's had 600 plus members right now. Um, but if it had 12 members that were active and happy, I'd be cool with that too. That was, that, I mean, it started with 12 people that I knew from, you know, previous message boards that I kind of ha- still had conversations with and discussed things with. And uh, it, it's kind of just, you know, grown exponentially since. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome, man. Have you looked into like a, other social media apps at all? Like, uh, like, like I know MeWe is starting to kind of get a little steam with like some of the groups there. Or do you think Facebook's just kind of where you want to stick stick with everything? I mean, we've we've explored different things. Um, we've tried podcasting. We've tried websites. Um, I'm, I'm an older guy. I'm not. Oh, I'm not super old, but I mean, I'm in my you know mid to late thirties. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's it's. I kind of get stuck. I, 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 I definitely feel like where I get stuck in my ways. I've tried Twitter. I've tried uh, Discord in the past with different things. Uh, Facebook seems to be where a lot of the people that I interact with, or at least, you know, fit, seem to work. If I could find something where I could expand it and I think it would still be, you know, hold its identity, Ringside Chat would hold its identity, then I would, you know, consider that. But I also don't want to sacrifice. Uh, the quality over just, you know, trying to get as big as I can. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. All right. So I, I, I got to go. We'll go back to wrestling for a minute. I got to make sure I ask Kevin's question here because he, he always likes to know this. But uh, what, what was your favorite WrestleMania of all time? Um, personally, it was probably 14. Okay. For the simple fact that I was a huge Austin mark. And, yeah. and I just, you know, I knew that was the year he was going to finally get the title. So, and the whole Mike Tyson build up and Sean and everything that was, I, I thought the build to that main event was awesome. Um, but yeah, that, that's the one that really kind of just resonates with me uh, as far as uh, a fan. Yeah. I, I was, I'm a huge HBK Mark and I, like, uh, you know, my, watching back to that match knowing what kind of pain he was in and like seeing it on his face like you didn't even really realize it i don't think at the time but how he gutted through that match was just always stands out to me as one of one of my favorite wrestlemania matches yeah it was that it was i don't think they could have booked that any better that finish i just think uh everything about that match was about as good as of a wrestlemania main event as you could hope for yeah i agree with you there 
So in your opinion, what, what's the biggest challenge facing wrestling or uh, the wrestling industry today? I mean, I, I think if we're just talking specifically WWE, I, I would say it's consistency. Just trying to, you know, consistently program something decent and, and that's logical for seven hours a week. I mean, that's a hell of a task. Uh, and I feel like at least the Raw and SmackDown really struggle with that. NXT has been pretty good since they've been on USA. Uh, managing that, but I think with WWE, it's probably consistency. As far as everyone else, it's getting a fairly rigid fan base to try something different outside the main, you know, WWE product. I think I think AEW struggling with that. I think uh, New Japan is finding out how difficult that is as they try to break into the American market, um, and not only just you know getting someone else to try something new, but to try to bring back some of those lapsed fans that have left over the last couple of decades. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on all sides there. So, and really when it comes down to, you know, even WWE or even with AEW, like, do you, do you think like in actuality, the creative is really just that bad? Or do you think fans are just really impatient? I would imagine, I think it's both. I mean, there's always going to be a certain uh, sect of the wrestling fandom that's never going to be happy. They're going to complain about everything, literally anything that's put on uh, television. They're going to bitch and moan about. Uh, But I also think it's going to be very difficult for WWE to make any sort of positive strides in regards to their creative when they're essentially booking for an audience of one. Um, especially a gentleman, I mean, and I don't want to, you know, discredit the guy because wrestling probably doesn't exist in 2019 without him, but um, I, I personally feel is kind of out of touch in regards to what, you know, current fans want. And I think that kind of trends with their, I mean, if we're going to get technical with the ratings and everything else, the, the, the WWE fan base really skews over 50. And that's that's, you know, problematic for a company that wants to grow and you know, keep the size that they are. If they can't draw in young fans and draw in those key demos, it's going to be very difficult for them in the distant future to you know stay the size that they are. Yeah, yeah. So, last question I'm going to ask you is, uh, what what's the future looking like for Ringside Chat? And uh, do you plan on trying to further using your voice in other ways? Uh, we we've discussed some different things. We have. I would really like to. Um, try to bring more people that are actually in the industry and, and use it as a platform for them to, you know, promote their things. I mean, we do have a few uh, people that still work in the industry. Alex McCarthy and Tim Dillon do a lot of uh, indie work in regard in, um, in the Midwest, Iowa, Chicago region. Uh, Court Montgomery is, you know, a, a pretty prominent uh, independent wrestler in the Virginia Carolinas region. He's done a lot of work. He's actually done some work with WWE, especially Matt Hardy and a lot of those specials. He's done some work with him. Um, we have PCO. It's in the group that occasionally posts. Jonathan Gresham's in the group. Um, I would like to get more individuals that are in the comp- in the business to, and give them a platform to kind of promote what it is that they uh, enjoy about the business or even just give them a place where they can talk openly and honestly and not feel like they're going to uh, be punished for what they say. Yeah, that's that's awesome. 
All right. Well, hey, I, that's all the questions I have for you today, Gary. I want to thank you very much for being our guest. Um, if you uh, if you have Facebook, you know you can always try to join the group. I know uh, I know you, you can be like you said you don't want it to go too out of control, but if you are like minded and you kind of fit the criteria, I'm sure Gary would be happy to have you. Uh, would you like to add anything or plug anything? Anything you got coming up uh, before we sign off here? No, uh, just uh, yeah. If you want to join Ringside Chat, just search us out on Facebook uh, and join. And I, I'll give I give pretty much anyone a chance to come through and try it out. If you if you don't like it, that's cool. If uh, but I mean I feel like as far as uh, social media groups go in regards to wrestling, we're pretty low toxicity. Everyone's pretty accepting. I mean, there's some heated debates in there, but nothing personal or attacking. And uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and I, I'd have to say even even if I've gotten into a debate with somebody, usually it's like kind of one of those things where you know each one of us just gets our point across, and then you know that then it's over. Yeah, yeah, it's not. In the, there hasn't been anything in there that uh, where I felt like it's been out of line or or too crazy. And usually those people are pretty much booted pretty quickly. So, um, right. Yeah. So. All right. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I want to thank you again for joining us. And if you're listening to this, stay tuned for the rest of the podcast. If you have any questions that you would like me to start asking our guests, please tweet them at Live Your Gimmick. Kevin, uh, Michael, and I are coming back with you in just a few seconds. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks again to Gary for taking the time to do the interview. Hope you all enjoyed it. Please follow him on Twitter at Ringside Chats. And if you have Facebook, join the Ringside Chat, join us in the Ringside Chat group. And uh, now it's time for some hot and cold before we wrap things up. So you ready for it, Mike? Yeah, I'm hot and you're cold. Yes, and you're no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to start off with with Raw. The thing I liked about Raw this week, and I, I think Raw got for me because they went back to focusing on wrestling and the matches were really, really good. The takeover stuff that they had was good. Uh, you know, it really helped. It, they've done a really good job of building to Survivor Series. I'm actually excited for Survivor Series. There was one thing that kind of killed the night, and it was fucking Lana. <laughs> now, I have defended this storyline a little bit. You saying, have. Okay, at least it's been somewhat decent. But then she gets on the microphone and completely blows everything out of the right? She's talking about how she's divorcing Rusev, and then she goes, and I have a restraining order, so Rusev won't be out here tonight. He can't come within 19 miles of me. Wait, what? 19 miles of you? Who would even fucking judge miles? First of all. Like, um, 19 a judge, miles. Obviously. 19 miles of, of so then but then Lashley kind of whispers in her ear hey Lana you fucked up it's not 19 miles it's it's nine feet or whatever 90 feet or whatever oh she said 90 miles I said 19 I'm yeah sorry. I, say, I thought I'm it was sure. 90 I was very yeah, confused it was 90 my fault yeah you can't come in with 90 miles like who the fuck is gonna be able to tell how far he is if it's 90 fucking miles anyway so Lashley informs her that she fucks up and then she tries to cover like, oh, I love when he corrects me. Dude, you just fucking set women back about 30 years with that fucking line. Right? Like, women's <laughs> evolution, my ass. 
Like, what are you doing? And that, then, that, that, it was almost as bad as that time that uh, that that no chinned motherfucker won the women's oh, right. <laughs> James Ellsworth. Shout out to James yeah, yeah. listens. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. hope he doesn't listen. He's a creeper. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh yeah, but and then she kind of botched it again. She said something else, like it was ninety miles and it was ninety days or something like that. And then and it can't like, be within 90, ninety days of me. Yeah, that, that motherfucker has that, the time that, travel to Oh man, oh, I told you so. I fucking I told you so. And then and then they go for this like kiss at the end where he kind of like bends her down, but then she goes too far and like basically falls all the way down and then her ass almost comes out because she's wearing a really short skirt. It was just it was a train. It was like she came to the ring drunk. Maybe she is. Which, I mean, at this point when when your your workplace is like, "Hey, we're going to do an entire thing where you're cheating on your husband." Um, maybe she's just like, I don't fucking care anymore. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Uh, anything that you caught in raw that you liked or didn't like from what you, uh, from what you watched in your 15 minutes? Um, I mean, I liked all the stuff leading up to like for the build up for survivor series, like on all three shows, the, the invasion stuff's absolutely fantastic. Um, I didn't really get a chance to watch many of the matches, but I did see that awful, awful promo for Lana. Yeah. Um, which made a meme that I saw make so much more sense. Someone posted, it was, uh, you know, that the picture of Homer and Marge and like Homer's super skinny and that shows the like behind him and he's got like him, his fat like clipped together yeah. behind him. <laughs> it was uh, uh, the skinny side was WWE Raw actually has wrestling. And then the back of it was, Lana's promo. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yeah, dude. Kevin Kevin Owens and McIntyre had an. The only problem with it is that Triple H came out and killed it. Like he came out like right before commercial break, and then during the commercial break, he had some of his NXT guys with him, and McIntyre like took one look at him and was like threw his hands up and then walked away. So the match like legit just ended during the commercial break. And when it came back from commercial, it was Triple H in the ring uh, talking with KO, which was a great promo, and that was a great segment. But their match, like, they went out there and put on a five-star match that didn't even finish. Well, I mean, that's WWE's MO, is to give us <laughs> terrible so finishes. Weird. So so weird. Anyway, all right, moving on to NXT. Um, NXT for me was, uh, was, was still warm. Uh, kind of hot. Uh, it was a good show. I thought last week's, uh, the ladder match last week between the women, I thought was better than the one this week that we got from Adam Cole and Dominic Di- Dominic Dijakovic. Not that it was a bad match by any means. I just thought the women set the bar a little bit higher um, and kind of knocked it out of the park a little bit more. Uh, same kind of thing, though. I really liked how the the ladder was used so appropriately, and there was never a point in time where they just put up a ladder to set up a spot like the the ladder had an immediate purpose everywhere they put it and even if they went back to it where it was it made sense why it was there to begin with you know what i mean does that make sense 
so I, I I like how they how they booked that and was good. And I, the brawl at the end of it was awesome. And the spot where um, you got Ibar from the Viking Raiders and Keith Lee in the ring. You got Ibar diving through the ropes and Keith going over top of the rope at the same time onto everybody on the ground and just basically just knocked them over like a bunch of bowling pins. It was it was pretty awesome. It was a good spot. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. I did see a little more of NXT than I did of overall. That's for sure. Um, I, I am kind of like like it doesn't make sense why they keep doing all these ladder matches on uh, to decide like shit for war games and for like other things like maybe have a different match type like especially considering like since they don't really have it's it's all like oh whoever gets it gets you know uh to get something extra or special for the the match so they just have like these empty briefcases hanging above the ring with the nxt logo on it and it's just like I feel like you could have just, you know, had a normal match or even like a, like Last Man Standing or done something, you know, and mix yeah, it I up agree. instead of having the same having thing two, two weeks in a row. Yeah, having two ladder matches two weeks in a row, I think, was a little bit of overkill. You can kind of tell, like, where they're really trying to, like, all right, you want to you, you want to watch AEW Dynamite? How about you come watch some ladder matches on T instead? And they they won the ratings war. Oh, so they did. See the first week that they've uh, they've come out ahead, yeah. They were just they were just shy of a million, and I think um, NX or AEW finished with like eight hundred some thousand. So they won't. Yeah, they it was like eight fifty six, I think, and then uh, NXT was like, yeah, yeah. So, so right, well, it was it was a real close one, but they still won. Yeah. Speaking of AEW Dynamite, okay. <laughs> I know I talked about this a couple of times, and now I'm gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. The mat the show overall. Decent show. Chris Jericho and is still the fucking man, and you know they they've had they've had a lot of good stuff, and there's still some stuff that doesn't make any sense, like why Nick Jackson from the Young Bucks was going up against Ray Phoenix when it was the uh, Pride and Powerful that took his brother out. That shit didn't make sense to me. Why wouldn't you be that? I don't know. Anyway, I'm not gonna get into that. My biggest fucking problem was during the battle royal where they're trying to win this fucking diamond ring first of all that's just weird why the diamond ring thing is is odd to me it's not a title it's a ring like why is that a big deal but anyway in that match they had a surprise entrant the badass billy gun <laughs> and during the match billy gun had the giant spot where basically everybody in the match piled on him and then he stood up and knocked them all back to beat them all up. Billy fucking Gunn was given the big show spot in a match. First of all, I get that he's 6'5", but he's not a fucking giant. He's also 55 years old at this point. Billy Gunn <laughs> is not going to throw off an entire roster full of guys and get the advantage like that. Like that is just the, that was like I that, that orange Cassidy dude. I don't, I still don't get it. I want to like it, but I don't get it. I think it's kind of weird, like not going to lie, but it, it's funny. It makes me laugh more than anything. So when he, have you, have you seen what he does? Like, the, yeah. Like, the, like he taps the guy in the shin and the crowd goes, 
like basically like the uh they pop like it's like a yes kick or something like that yeah. like and they do the oh like I, I think that shit's funny i i do and he puts his hands in his pockets i get it but i can i can live with that but billy gunn getting the big show spot or the umaga spot or that giant spot in a battle royal I, I can't I can't with that shit like that I was done after that I was like you can't you gotta be fucking kidding me. In their defense, ninety <laughs> percent of the roster is a bunch of tiny dudes. There were guys bigger so, than Billy Gunn or about his size in that match though. Oh well, I tried. <laughs> like Hangman Page, yeah. not that not that much smaller than Billy. I'm sorry, he's not. I, I don't know. Maybe they just wanted Billy to feel good about himself. Maybe. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe there was like, oh, maybe it's not so much the, his size of the man, but the size of his ego that really threw those people <laughs> off of him. You know what? That that would make total sense. Yes, if it was <laughs> if it was Billy Gunn's ego that threw all those guys off of him, I can see it. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is like weird gimmicks, like Orange Cassidy, like kicking people in the shins and like uh, walking around with his hands in his pocket. Billy Gunn's ego whooped all those dudes' asses. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! So I'm gonna assume that uh, AEW was was a little uh, cold sauce for you this week. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it was definitely soup. I had to turn back to the to the kitchen to get heated up. If we're if we're going back to that analogy. I said sauce. I didn't say soup. You you took oh, back to that analogy. My fault. Yes, it was. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of the sauce this week. It was it was a little chilled for my liking. Um, yeah, I mean, it was still overall good. Show. Did you see anything on AEW that stood out to you at all? I mean, aside from Jericho, not really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like he's they're trying to apologize, and he has to hand it to Swagger to have him be like. He's sorry. That was, that was fucking funny. I laughed my ass <laughs> off. <of that. laughs> fucking Swagger, has, he has not said a damn word the entire time since he's been there. But he, right. he, he gets a microphone in his face and he just says, he's sorry, like over and over again. And yeah. Like, like I'm just like, that. that's 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 fantastic. I was half expecting we put the microphone to his mouth. He wasn't going to say anything. And then Jericho would be like, exactly. Thank you. And just walk right. off. Yeah. And then he, then he hit the, then he hit the, with the sorry. And that was, that was good. Oh man. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> So yeah, there there was there's definitely some good moments. There are there are some things that don't make sense. Um, but you know, I guess uh, I don't know. I, I thought the the Nick Jackson Ray Phoenix match was pretty good. Um, trying to think of anything else that like really kind of stood out. Um, the the Pride and Powerful versus the 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 Bootleg Street Profits I thought was decent too. <laughs> bootleg Street Profits. <laughs> Have you seen like it, what they call like private party? They're the bootleg yeah. profits. I mean, they, they, it, they, it, it's, it's I think funny. we talked I, about that before. See, I think of them more as uh, what was that old WCW stable with uh, what was his name? Was his name Conan or something like that? Conan. Um, yeah, it was. It was Ray was a part of him at one point. It was like a bunch of Latino dudes. Those the LWO. Came out with, like, no, are you sure? Like they, they at one point they were uh, one or two of them were part of the Wolf Pack, but I thought I, mean, they I know they had like I know there was a point in time where where Master P was a part of WCW, 
and mm-hmm. during that time they had some court of some court some form of like a rap type posse because i remember kurt henning was like leading the way with like this rap is crap sort of thing mm-hmm. and he even like made a country song called rap is crap and then they had the masterpiece group versus kurt henning's group I do remember vaguely some of that, but that was kind of during the time that I was like, yeah, this WCW shit's whack and just kind of stopped watching it. <laughs> so, I mean, I was like, I was even a Master P fan at the time, but I was like, damn, like, this is fucking weird. Why is, why is there a rapper on regular television? Like, it's one thing to make an appearance, but to be like a regular reoccurring character when you got ICP and Master P and all these guys, like, they don't know how to fucking wrestle. Like, why are they in matches every week, but I don't know. That's, that's a whole different story. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on from dynamite before we start talking about master P and rap and Conan. And I don't know. Anyway, uh, moving on from that. So SmackDown, I thought was good again this week. Um, some really good matches on SmackDown and then the go home brawl at the end was just epic. I mean that basically like they, they looked at any AEW and they were like, Oh, you guys like to have these these bras to like close your close your shows? Hold my beer. And then you got fucking Triple H and Shawn Michaels leading the way on the uh the and with uh Road Dog driving the the DX Jeep and then you got all of NXT coming behind them and that was just insane. Yeah. The only thing that would have made it better is if uh Michael Cole didn't need have the need to tell us that it's not nineteen ninety eight anymore and it's not DX trying to get into WCW. Um, right. Like, my God, he said that like six fucking times. I'm like, we fucking get it. It's a reference to DX when they in- tried to invade WCW. We get it. Shut up. We know that it was the same arena, right? That I didn't know. That was the arena that WCW was in that day. I Yeah, I, I thought so when they first opened up the gate because I was like, man, that looks really familiar. Because, you know, they got that gate that, like, comes down that long uh, cemented corridor and goes into the arena. And I was like, man, that looked oddly familiar. And then when I saw the Jeep coming down, I was like, holy shit, that's the same fucking building. So that's that's why they did it that way. It was a tie back to that. Oh, well, I mean, at least that's nice. Um, so, uh, by the way, I looked it up. Uh, I don't remember them being called this name, but it was the Filthy Animals in WCW. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Like I said, that was about yeah. the time I checked out. Yeah, that, that was when uh, Ray went without his mask for a while and right. for whatever reason had horns and wore weird pants with zebra overhauls. <laughs> and Billy Kidman was a part of it. Yeah, it was yeah. Sort of weird. I do remember that. Did you see anything on SmackDown that, uh, that stood out to you? Um, oh man, SmackDown was so good. Like yeah. between the segment with D. Bry and the Fiend, um, and then the the women's triple threat match, and like the the fantastic finish of that, that totally should have been the finish to the actual match at uh, their Survivor upcoming, Series. Their upcoming Survivor Series match. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, granted, it's WWE. WWE. It may still uh, end that way. They have no problem with reusing finishes. A week later, That's true. or three days later, um, they could even tie back to it though, where he might, you know, or where she might like kick out of it, or kind of mm, she tries and like someone stops them or something like that. Right. Um, let me try to think. Uh, 
Oh, let's let's talk about how ugly the Intercontinental title was. Like my fucking god. <laughs> like you go from this like beautiful like the Those the white cool. Intercontinental title strap and just how great the title like looked aesthetically and then you get this thing that looks like someone took the Cruiserweight title and put it into the the 2K title creation that isn't a part of the game and proceeded to just add random shit to it in an attempt to make it Intercontinental title, and I'm just like, why? <laughs> yeah, like, I agree. I, the United States title needs a rehaul. It's it's pretty boring. The Intercontinental title didn't need to be touched. It was perfect, and they 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 just made it ugly. I I I didn't think it was that bad, honestly. I thought compared compared to some of the titles that I've seen and some of the stuff that they've done in the past, I honestly may, maybe that maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's that they set the bar so low that I, I guess my expectations are were so low that I'm like, oh, it's actually not as bad as I thought. So maybe yeah, that's one hundred percent what it is. Is this maybe they set issue. the bar so low that you just like, oh, that's not terrible. I'm willing I mean, to set, accept the mediocrity because the it was it, usually their titles look so terrible. Yeah, which is sad because, you know, the last, like, big reveal of a legit new championship we had was obviously, like, the 24-7 championship. But before that was the women's tag team championships. And those are just fucking, like, I don't know how we managed to actually get something right for a change when it came to the titles. Yeah. Like, those are perfection. And See, I thought they looked. I thought they looked more similar to the women's tag team championship than it did the cruiserweight but now that you said that like i, I guess i kind of see it more yeah it's got that big like weird octagon like piece just with like weird planets on the side and yeah yeah it's just it's it's well the side, like, the side if nothing they, else they, did, they had the they added the plates which are the name plates which is kind of cool the custom the customized which plates. i get it like they they want to have name plates so that they can put people's symbols on it blah 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 cool it's a it's a great idea just add that to the current fucking titles. <laughs> right. Like legit. You, they spent probably thousands of dollars on this ugly ass belt when they legit could have just replaced the side plates on the, the current championship and then th- made it so you can now put the, the name plates on them or the logo plates on them. Um, right. Even if they would have just kept like the white strap, I feel like it would have looked a little better. But the fact that it's like, cause it, I don't know. Maybe it's just the picture I saw, but it didn't look like it was gold. It looked like it was almost like a silver to me. Yeah. Um, and with that black strap, like it, it just, it doesn't pop at all. Like it just kind of blends in as the shiny bits on a black belt. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I can agree with that. It is kind of shitty. So you're welcome. I've ruined your perception of the, the shit title. Yep, you have. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. All right. Well, anything else about SmackDown before we move on? Um, it's funny. I I feel like SmackDown was the most recent episode because you know obviously it was just on yesterday. But I feel mm-hmm. like I remember more about the other shows. But I I mean I guess we we already talked about some of the cool spots like the Fiend showing up. I I like that. I thought yeah. that was done really well. Uh, Miz and Daniel Bryan had a, had a pretty decent match before that because their chemistry is still out of this world, whether it's on the <laughs> microphone or in a match, they, they, they both, um, they both, they, they both complement each other really well. Um, 
Yeah, outside of that, though, I, I think we pretty much covered it all. So yeah, uh, I, I did like that uh, when when Raw invaded, though. That Seth is like, "Hold on, guys, I got this," and he went in the ring, and I'm like, "Oh, are they gonna be like we're bros?" And then it was like, "Nope." He just wanted to right, get the yeah. first punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of cool. That was a good moment, for Seth. In in a in a couple of months stretch where he's had some pretty bad moments. That was a good moment for Seth. Yeah. That was so, a douchey, douchey Seth is cool Seth. Yes, I agree. Hashtag that. <laughs> douchey Seth is cool Seth. All right. All right. So uh, Kevin is not with us today, but in his honor, I did look up. I, I didn't search or look into some of the stuff that he does, but today is November 23rd, and uh, this is the five-year anniversary of when Sting made his WWF first appearance. And... Uh, showed up at survivor series to beat the shit out of triple H and then uh, cost Seth a chance to win their survivor series match. So yeah, the five year anniversary of stings first WWE appearance. What do you think about that? I, I think Kevin does it better, but Oh yeah, he does it way better. But again, <laughs> that's, that's why I feel like you did not mine. I feel like you just went like what interesting thing happened in WWE today. <laughs> Yeah, that's basically what I Googled. So, yeah. <laughs> well, 25 years ago today, WWF presented Survivor Series from the Rosemont Horizon. In... So maybe, oh, well, maybe the first Survivor Series happened today. Maybe I should have gone with that. Yeah, that probably been a little more exciting than Stang showed up. <laughs> Stang showed up. <laughs> 33 years ago today, Pedro Morales defeated the Magnificent Don two-time WWF Intercontinental Champion ever. Oh, so boy. Good stuff. You probably have no idea who those guys are. Nope. <laughs> Damn. All right. Um, <laughs> seven years ago today, Linda announced what's happened to Linda Hogan announces that she's filed for divorce from Terry Balea, <laughs> a.k.a. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one you should have went with. You should have done your research, and that should have been our history lesson. Hey, kids, today, when we're recording, Hulk Hogan got his ass dumped. <laughs> all because he decided to milk his family all for all he could with a reality show. That's probably, like, one of the best days of his life, though. Seriously. Anyway, uh... That being said, uh, thank you for listening to the show today. Uh, you can check out anything that we have to offer if you'd like to, if you're interested in being a guest for our interview segment, or if you want to give us feedback on the show, you can tweet us or check out our Instagram. It's at live your gimmick. That's at L I V Y O U R G I M M I C K. You can also check out everything from our parent company, Media Junkie, at Media Junkie Vids on Instagram and Twitter. Mike and I are also a part of a podcast called The Fanboy Fight Club, where I happen to be the bitch of the week. So if you want to find out <laughs> what that means, you can check out at Fanboy Fight Club. I have to somehow pull an argument out of my ass in the next episode. And uh, I just got my topic today. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle. I may be the first double <laughs> bitch of the week just based off the topic alone, because I don't think anybody can prove that you can like this but anyway uh that being said mike has made some really cool creative t-shirts and some of them are in support of our show i personally cannot wait to get on there and buy my uh woods maddox 2020 shirt because they are on the same page but uh what else you got up there mike oh man we've got logos for all the shows we've got 
the uh, Bukaki Warrior shirt, which, I mean, <laughs> you still have that offer going. That first person to buy a Bukaki Warrior shirt and take a picture and tweet it at us, well, uh, you'll buy him another shirt. And I stand um, by that. So I, I, I just want to clarify. When I first made this challenge three episodes ago, I said anybody that buys the shirt. But I've true. now tailored that down to the first person so yeah. the first person because, that i mean so so far within like three weeks span no one's bought it so you're you're off the hook so far um oh man we've got so many good ones we've got uh we've got the you'll remember the name the the cheeto dust shirt yeah um I mean, realistically, your your best bet is to just follow us on social media, either on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, also, check out the Media Junkie podcast, Instagram and Twitter, because they'll be posted on there. Um, definitely make sure to keep an eye out this week because T Public always has a sale on Black Friday. Usually, it starts late Thanksgiving. Um, and it, it varies. Sometimes it's the same sale that they always have, but sometimes they do something a little nicer, so you never know what you uh, might be able to get. But uh, I have a ton of other shirts that aren't mm-hmm. just related to our podcast that are, are pretty pretty awesome, too. So yeah. make sure to check that out. And then also follow my uh, Instagram for the shirts, which is Vault of Personality Comics. Yeah, definitely. Mike's got some really cool designs. Make sure you check. You can also check out the YouTube content that we dot com slash media junkie there's actually some pretty cool stuff on there like if you're um was it like if you're an old school nintendo fan isn't there like don't they have something where you can like fix something on there um i think they did like one where they were fixing something i think they did also one where they were doing the uh, raspberry pi to the nes classic okay yeah you got that too and then uh if you're uh if you if you're a place if you have a playstation 4 they can teach you how to there's some awesome videos on that check that out so, uh, so so what was it that they can teach you because uh, i definitely didn't hear any of that <laughs> oh they can teach you how to game share if you have a playstation there you go yeah want to make sure that they at least yeah. know, know what uh all right cool. what they could be taught all right well thank you again for listening uh, make sure that you subscribe you share and you leave us a nice five star review and uh if your name's oscar gutierrez be a fan and live your gimmick goodbye everybody Bye bye Thank you.